Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio outreach of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're at the end of a series called Holy Spirit in Me, Our Relationship Unleashed. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message that's going to draw our hearts in John 14 to Christ's outline for living victoriously. Is there evidence in your life of the ministry of the Spirit at work? Is there? If someone who knew you and knows you well, would they say that person clearly evidences the Spirit? Now, they make mistakes, but they repent, they get back, and they have such an, a sweetness, a love, a kindness, a gentleness, a self-control. Is that evidence bearing fruit in your life for the glory of Jesus Christ? Now, if you're like me, we talk about evidence of the Spirit in our words, in our actions, in our love, our joy, our peace, our patience— um, I think we could all say together a little bit of a, mm, ouch, ouch. Yeah, my, my life doesn't clearly reflect patience all the time. Um, my love is a little weak. My joy is not always, I'm not always filled with joy in the spirit. I need help. I need help. Well, I want you to know that the advocate, the counselor, the helper is here to help us, uh, not just at church, but every moment of every day as we reach out to him. He's there to be with us. Jesus did not leave us alone, but sent the Spirit to be with us in every way. We simply need to ask for help. God wants to turn our fear to peace, our hatred to love, our harshness to kindness. Maybe you're saying, how, Pastor? How? Let me give you an equation here. I think this will help. Surrender plus asking equals, here's the word, moldable moldable. That's my heart for us. More importantly, that's God's heart for us. Let's be moldable. Have you ever heard that song? The simple song that says, Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. At the end, the song says, mold me, mold me. And can you say that you're allowing the Spirit at this very time to mold you? Are you saying that on Tuesday morning? Spirit, mold me. Make me into that person that, that gives glory to Jesus Christ at every time, in my strong times, when, I'm, when I've been in the Word and I'm prayed up in that time where I'm tired, when I, the baby was up all night and I'm exhausted and I have to go full speed into another day and I have no energy for that. Spirit, mold me. Mold me. Melt me. Mold me. And I'm telling you, if that's the cry of your heart, listen, I'm not what I need to be, but I have access to the helper. The helper will mold me, will mold me if I'm willing to be molded, if I'm willing to. If I'm willing to surrender, surrender me, my ways, my pride, my spirit mold me. I want to ask you a question. What do you think would happen in your life if for just the next year, the next 12 months, if you gave unlimited access to the Holy Spirit to mold your life? I'm talking intentionally. Every day, Spirit mold me. Spirit work in that love that's lacking. Spirit work in that joy that seems so absent. Work in that patience problem. I, I just can't seem to be with that one person. Spirit mold me. And I'm telling you, if we would humble ourselves as a church, as individuals in our church, and begin to say, Spirit mold me, I'm telling you, we wouldn't recognize ourselves in some ways next year. And it would be awesome. I wouldn't recognize myself. When I'm saying this, I'm seeing in my own life the areas that I need the Spirit to mold and to make me into the person He wants me to be. 
Oh, that God would unleash a church filled with moldable people. We talked about the Spirit as your helper, the Spirit as helping in your life. Let's look at number three here, the Spirit in your relationship. The Spirit in your relationship. By that I mean the relationship between you and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go through these quickly. We studied these two weeks ago, and actually over the last couple of weeks. Here's the first one, three keys to relationship with the Holy Spirit. First, being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Galatians Chapter 5 says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. We need to be led by the Spirit. Then um, we need to put our mind on the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, 5 and 6 says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Then uh, finally, remove dysfunction. And I looked at a couple of different verses. First Thessalonians 5, do not quench the Spirit. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Spirit. Quenching the Spirit is stopping what the Spirit is trying to do. Grieving the Spirit is doing things that hurt and break the heart of God, the Spirit. Acts 7 talks about resisting the Spirit. When I want to give God the stiff arm, we need to remove dysfunction. Let me give you a key aspect of your relationship with the Spirit. It's interesting that in Revelation, as Jesus is talking to the various churches through the Apostle John, letter after letter after letter, Jesus gives these words, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again and again. And I want to tell you, if you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. I talked about this before, that in communication, communication is the key to a relationship. If God's Spirit is trying to do things in your life, but you're not listening, not much of a relationship. But when we are listening, that's what allows us, as the Spirit leads us, for us to follow. But when we're to keep our mind on the Spirit, it allows us to be connected to Him. I use the tram example of being connected to the Spirit constantly. And a sense of anticipation, what's the Spirit going to do next in my life? Listening also allows for us to hear the Spirit when we need to repent and renew our relationship with Him. Here's the big question. And here's something, perhaps the most important thing you'll have to decide in this series. Do you believe the Spirit is speaking to the people of God? I never thought about that, Pastor. I, I guess. I, let me tell you, you need to get beyond theory to conviction. Do you believe that the Spirit of God is speaking even as I am speaking? Do you believe that when God's Word comes out and is opened up, that God's Spirit is the one speaking to our hearts saying, like this, not like that? Do you believe that when you choose to do something sinful and you feel that little bit of in your conscience, that it's, that's God's Spirit speaking to you? Not like that. Let's go back and repair that relationship. I can remember many times in my life where you ever walked away from something and you said something, you're like, I so should not have said And you just feel that grieving in the Spirit, in your, in your spirit. You just feel like, I should not have said that. Not that way. Not with that tone. That's grieving the Spirit and the Spirit speaking to us. The Scripture says that the Spirit speaks to our minds. He teaches us God's Word. Okay, as we are going to the Word, which was, here, I just got to read this verse to you. 2 Peter 1.20-22. 
2.21 says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, when you open God's Word, you're listening to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in written form. How many of us are glad that it's in written form? I like that. Here's a couple other ways that God's Spirit is speaking. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 24 and 25, talks about the Spirit speaking through people uh, to non-believers and them coming to have an encounter with the living God. John 16 talks about how the Spirit would convict us in our conscience. John 16, 13, that He would be our guide in truth in our minds. Let me give you two other categories. Why don't you turn to Acts 16 quickly. Acts 16, verse 6. Paul is going through modern-day Turkey, and he is going in different directions. He's expecting to go through the upper part of Turkey, and then suddenly God begins to do a work. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. I don't know how they sense that, their spirit. And when they had come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, would not allow them. Again, they did sense that the Spirit was saying no. So passing by Mycenae, they went to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging them, saying, come over to Macedonia, modern-day Greece, and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go onto Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, lest you should think this is a minor event, this is one of the turning points in Western civilization, where the gospel, instead of going east, goes west. But notice here that it doesn't say the Spirit said, it just, they had a sense. And I want to tell you, sometimes the way the Spirit speaks is when you get a strong impression of something, like, I need to talk to that person. I need to do that. Or here's another one that really gets outside and really kind of stirs up some people. Um, Acts chapter 2 says that the Spirit would work through dreams and visions. Now, I'm going to tell you that's not the most frequent by far. And even for my world, that was a little bit unusual until something happened in my life that changed that. Some of you have told the story of about 10 years ago, uh, Jensine and I, we were in seminary, and I was driving, um, we were driving from seminary over to her parents' house, and she was driving, and uh, we were driving through, and I was reading some book that wasn't keeping me very awake, and I decided I was going to take a little nap. I said, honey, I'm going to take a little nap, and uh, she's like, oh, fine. Okay, what I woke up to was hitting the rear end of a semi at 45 miles an hour, off into the ditch. You can imagine all the things that went through my mind. We have two little boys in the back, and um, amazingly, we walked away from that with only a few scratches. Um, I found some glass in my mouth. Other than that, I had some burns from the seatbelt. But amazingly, we got out, and one of the paramedics said, you're pretty fortunate. You both should have been dead the way you hit that semi. She fell, uh, she dozed or something or lost whatever when she hit that. Well, turns out I go to the hospital, and my mom comes to visit us in the hospital, and she um, says, um, You know, I had never told you this, but a couple months ago, I had this dream. I woke up in the middle of the night with this dream that Jensine had died. And she said it overwhelmed me. And I just thought, it just, she had this impression this wasn't like pizza the night before. 
And she started praying. She never told us about it, but then she mentioned it to my dad's other assistant, her, his wife, and together they started praying. They were like, I don't know what this means, but let's just pray about it. I'm going to tell you, I don't think my wife would be standing here today if it hadn't been for God communicating through a random dream that then led them to pray, which then led God to protect. I'm telling you, it's real. I'm not saying God does that a lot. I want to tell you this. The most, by far, most frequent way that God works is through his word. That's like 90% of the time. Then the next couple of them, the next couple of them, um, God working through people who will say things. I believe, I believe as a senior pastor of this church that God speaks through elders. And that's why when I'm in that room with those two men, I'm not off there going, I think my plan is like la, 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 la. I'm asking them, what do you think about this? Because I believe that God's spirit works through leaders. And beyond, down below that, I mean, I gave you the list here. Um, God speaks through our conscience. That's going to happen a lot. God speaks through our minds, reminding us of truth. Much less God speaking through other people, but it certainly happens. And then when it comes to impressions and, and even, like I mentioned, dream, dreams are like way, way, you might have this happen once in your life or more. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the Holy Spirit. The Spirit directs that. But if you're all like, wow, as I've seen some people, wow, with the, with the wow, that was like, wow, let's, let's talk about, um, you're totally misunderstanding how your relationship with the Spirit is going to work. God's Spirit works through God's Word by far the most, but those are things that God, God's Word talks about, and I think it's things we need to pay attention to at times. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, as a result of listening to Meeting with God Daily, I hope that your passion for Jesus Christ is growing in such a way that you're learning to share your faith with others. You know, that's something that our church is committed to, equipping men and women to share the good news of Jesus through personal witness and church outreach. And if you don't have a church here in Columbus, Ohio, we'd love to have you join us this weekend. Go to verticalchurch.life. Let me just tell you this. No matter how you sense the Spirit working, you need to be careful. 1 John 4, 1 through 2 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. I would tell you this. If something, if you have an impression or you sense the Spirit putting something on your heart to encourage somebody or uh, if it's pretty intense, um, you better be really careful. God's Spirit always works in conjunction with the Word. Okay? If God's Spirit tells you to do something crazy, um, it might not be the Spirit probably is not the spirit. It says, test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this we know the, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. I want you to notice something. Uh, first it says, test the spirits. Uh, but, some, but it does not say, so ignore the spirits. It says, test them. And God's spirit is working in us and wanting to speak and we need to be listening. But if our heart is always, oh, I'm afraid, that could be dangerous. It could get off in the ditch. You're right, it could. That's why we test. But for some in the church who have said, the spirit will never work like that again, um, you basically handcuff the Holy Spirit. And I don't believe that's what God's word teaches and I study God's word a lot. And I hope you would study it as well. And if you have more questions about that, I'd be happy to talk to you about that. But here's the thing. Too many times in the church, we either go in one ditch or the other ditch. We either stop testing and say, well, I had this impression that I should jump off a cliff. Must be the Spirit. Um, we all know where that goes, right? But then we have this other ditch where because he jumped off and went in a ditch, therefore the Spirit must never be speaking again. And that's the other ditch. Here's the truth. God's Spirit is speaking. Jesus said, have ears to hear it. 
Listen, it is through the voice of the Holy Spirit that we hear the heart of God and of Jesus Christ. John chapter 16, verse 14 says, Jesus speaking, he said, He, the Spirit, will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And then he says, All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. God's Spirit is speaking to us. Listen, the voice of the Spirit, examples are throughout Acts Hebrews, 1 Corinthians 12, 14. Listen, communication and relationship go hand in hand, but here's the key word. Are we listening? I can tell you of many times I've heard of examples of people who were just in a random place and they just had this impression, I need to talk to that person or um, I just feel like I need to call that person and clean up something that might be between us. I'm not even sure. And it was God's spirit working in them that leads to somebody coming to Christ leads to something else. That's God's spirit, okay? And we need to believe in the supernatural. God's spirit is supernatural. Are we listening? Dependent, moldable, listening. Finally, here's the last word, usable. Usable. God helping bless others through you. So we have the ministry of the spirit. Do we understand who he is? And I would encourage you to keep studying the ministry of the spirit and all the truth that is. And if you want more books, I can be happy to recommend some great ones. But then there's also the part of the Spirit working in me. It has nothing to do with you. What's the Spirit doing in me? The fruit of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Then the part where in our relationship, are we listening to the Spirit? And here's the final part. Am I usable? Am I usable? God's Spirit is not just having a relationship just for us. One of the major purposes of the ministry of the Spirit is to use us in the lives of others. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Make a note of this. God's Spirit is helping bless others through you, through your witness. Through your witness. Here's another way. Through your love and grace gifts. Through your love and grace gifts. First. Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And then he says, especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love, that's an imperative, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And that includes all the gifts from serving, giving, teaching, so on and so forth. Love the example. Turn to Acts chapter 8 quickly. Verse 26, the spirit at work says this, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south, toward the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place, and he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. You know the rest of the story. He'll be coming to Christ and be baptized shortly. But here's the question. What if Philip had not made himself useful and usable to the Holy Spirit? Question for us today and for the rest of our lives, for you, for me, are you usable? Are you available? If you're sitting here going, well, I don't know if the, 
I don't know if, I, I'm not sure what I think. I'm not sure if I'm available. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, you can just say that all the way into eternity. The question is whether we will say to God in prayer, I'm available, I'm here. I don't know what you want to do through my life, but here I am, Lord, I surrender. I'm yours, use me. As I think back to that initial time in my life, I remember one of the most convicting things the Lord ever did when I was 12 years old. I remember where I, remember where I was sitting when I was praying to the Lord about this and I had a conviction on the Lord saying to me, listen, are you willing to give up? Are you willing to do anything for me? And I knew that if I said yes, scripture says, don't say yes unless you mean yes. And I was thinking about, well, that could mean that God might not want me to be a baseball player. And that was my dream. Actually was good at the time too. That has changed. But I, I remember saying, I remember thinking about it for a while and the spirit kept impressing in my heart. Are you willing to do anything I ask you to do? Anything. Will you go anywhere? I, and I thought, he's going to make me go into ministry. I know how this is going to go. And I'm like, I don't want to go into ministry. I want to play baseball. But I ultimately knew, even as a 12-year-old, thank God for the teaching of God's word in my heart up to that point in my family and my grandfather and my father. I knew that if I resisted the spirit, something negative would happen. I didn't know what. I just knew that I'd go through a season of discipline. And I remember that time down in my cousin's fireplace room down in North Carolina. I remember turning to the Lord and saying, God, I may go kicking and screaming. I may do whatever, but I tell you, I'm yours. You can do whatever you want through my life. God's not a taskmaster. God didn't twist my mind and immediately say, you're going to be a church planner whether you like it or not. He didn't say that. He gently changed the desires of my heart away from the things that were so big to me. And he began to, in his own sweet way, work in my heart to the point where I wanted to do what he wanted me to do. And I'll tell you, that's how the Spirit works. It's how he wants to use and work in your life. If you say, Lord, I'm usable, I'll do whatever you want, I'm yours. He will begin to work in you and begin to give you desires you may never have had before. He'll begin to show you people that you've never seen before. He'll begin to open doors that you don't even know exist because you're available and you're willing to be used. And that's what happened here with Philip. And that's what God wants to do in our lives if we'll be listening to the ministry of the Spirit. The cry of my heart is that we would be a church full of Spirit-empowered witnesses, pursuing Spirit-inspired love, desiring the grace, gifts of the Spirit to be active in our church. That's a pretty good taste of revival. Here's the final point as we come together. The summary, if you will. The four things God's calling us to be in our relationship with the Spirit. Let's be dependent. Let's be moldable. Let's be listening. Let's be usable. If we are, we'll experience the grace of God as never before. We'll experience personal transformation as we're molded. We'll experience anticipation because our mind is tuned to the Spirit. And finally, if we're usable, if we're available, we'll be empowered for impact as God works through our love. I'm going to ask you to begin to pray and say, God, I don't want what I read about in Scripture in the book of Acts and in other places to simply be something that happened in the past. I want to be a part of a season or work of your spirit right now. 
I want to be moldable. I want to be willing and and asking for help. I want to do those things. And I'm going to tell you, if you begin to pray, Lord, would you work in me? Would you fill me with your spirit today? Holy Spirit, I surrender. I'm opening up my life where that love is lacking. Lord, would 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 you work in me? If you say, Spirit, I want to hear it. I've always been listening. You've been trying to convict me of things. You've been trying to speak to me from the word, but I haven't been listening, and I'm sorry for that. I want to listen now. I want to listen. And Spirit, I want you to use me, even in ways I've never thought of before, but I surrender. I'm yours. Use me, God. I'm just trusting, because I believe God answers prayer, that God's going to do things in our lives. Perhaps this will be a discipline for some of us for the rest of our lives. For sure, it ought to be a discipline in some sense for all of us for the rest of our lives. Jesus Christ came and said, I'm leaving the Spirit. You won't be alone. I'm going to give you the Spirit. He's going to be with you. You are going to be my witnesses. And I believe the impact of this church is going to be directly connected to how we relate to the Holy Spirit. There's no way to get around it. There's no way to interpret Scripture around it. And I don't want to. The Spirit of God is love. The Spirit of God has so much for us. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's Word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at this very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.